Welcome back to Worship Weekly. Please be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and most importantly, share Worship Weekly with someone else this week. This week's message is The Devil is a Thief. Text comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. But first, the Scotland Evangelical Presbyterian Church Choir with Wonderful, Merciful Savior.
2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, says this, that Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Underline verse, this verse of Scripture in your Bible, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. The devil is a thief. That's what I've been tired of this sermon. Lest Satan should get advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Stealing is big business. FBI reveals a burglar every 80 seconds with annual totals of over $75 million. The devil is the chief of thieves. The word tells us he is the arch deceiver. He deceived Eve and tried Jesus. He's a murderer. He was a murderer from the beginning. The devil's a liar, for he is a liar and the father of it. In John 8, 44. You can tell if a Christian's a Christian, and if they're constantly lying all the time, you can say that their father's the devil, not Jesus. Because when you continue to lie about things, you're not going to be able to convince somebody that you're a Christian. You need to not lie as a Christian. You need to serve the Lord Jesus Christ and live for Jesus. But he's growing devilishly. He's thriving. He breaks into hearts and steals the best. The devil steals a good name. Ecclesiastes said once that a good name is better than precious ornament. Every person should guard his good name. Devil does not often get you to steal a million, just a little to start with, not to murder at first, but to be selfish. The devil doesn't get a girl to be immortal, but just to have a good time loosely. Secondly, the devil steals time and talent. The church is God's agents of real service, but Satan wants you to neglect it and give ability to lodges, civic centers, educationals, or other worldly organizations to take no church responsibilities, such as teaching, work, choir work. And I can tell you this, that a lot of people don't want to do anything in the church anymore. Everybody wants to get paid. If they don't get paid, they don't want to do nothing. People ought to cut the grass for nothing. You ought not have to pay somebody to cut the grass at the church. You ought not have to pay somebody to play the piano. You ought not have to pay somebody to teach. You ought not have to pay somebody to take care of the money in the church. I never did. I started a little church in Junction City, Arkansas, and was there for 14 years. I've pastored for 43 years to 45 years. And I want to tell you with all of my heart that I had people that worked at the church, cleaned the church, cut the grass, and done things that need electrical work, done some carpenter work that I've asked them to do. And when they done that, I thought, thank God, got somebody that wants to do something for Jesus. 
not for Brother Shirley Jackson, but they done it for Jesus. And that's what it's all about. When I built that church in Johnson City, Arkansas, I'm gonna tell you this, that we had kids, teenagers, grown-ups, we had people that didn't even belong to the church come out there and help put the church together. Brother Sharp brought a busload of workers up there, and we started on a Friday evening and Saturday evening. We had that church in the dry, working as hard as we could work. And I want to thank God for Brother Sharp and all them people that helped put that church up in a day's time. We built rafters that night and put them up the next day. Put it in the black. And then I hired people to come in and then we done what we could as a church. Had people didn't go on vacation. I had one woman ask her husband, and they was poor people. Said, when we going on vacation this summer? He said, when we get to church together where we can worship the Lord in his new church. And he didn't go that summer on vacation. They stayed there and they helped to build that church. And I want to thank all those people that helped build that church. It was a God-given thing. And the people, the devil tried to steal their time and their talents, but they put them to work for Jesus, and I thank God for it. Thirdly, the devil steals testimonies, a good witness for Jesus does three things. Number one, he reads the Bible. It convicts, it changes, it molds. Number two, he prays Satan, tremors at saints upon their knees. Thirdly, he will live a righteous life. And you know what? I've been around Christians all of my life. I'm 79 years old, September 21st. 2020, I'll be 80 if I make it. And I want to tell you this. I read my Bible through last year. Year before last, and for several years in a row right now, I had started reading it through again. This year, I'm going to do a little studying. But I'm going to tell you this. You need to learn to read your Bible while you'll be prepared to tell somebody about Jesus and change your life. And then you need to learn how to pray. Everybody needs to learn how to pray. And the people you pray for needs prayer. So you're doing two things at one time. You're learning how to pray and you're praying for somebody that needs some prayer. And then you need to live a righteous life. You need to live a right life that honors the Lord Jesus Christ. And so many people is living life that don't honor God. And it's a shame for a Christian to do that. Oh, you think, yes, the devil has stolen my testimony. Can I regain it? Yes. By confession and turning from evil, you can have Cleansing, forgiveness, and restoration. Your lips can be unsealed. And don't let somebody steal your testimony. Your testimony is worth a lot. And God wants you to, to have a good testimony. I could have got in the sin many a times, but I wouldn't do it. Because... I was gone. 
when I was in the army, and all them people was drinking and stuff. They asked me to drink and go get a woman. I didn't do either one of them. I tried to keep my life right, clean. Now I've messed up at times in my life. I messed up. I can't undo it. But I put it under the blood and let God take care of it. And I thank God for it. So if you lost your testimony, pick it back up. I'm praying for my little grandson from my boy's side. He's going to college up in Arkansas. He's 18 years old. He's working two jobs. And I'm praying that God will work from the inside out. And I told him and begged him, I said, don't get in a lot of sin up there. But that's all it is in them colleges today, sin. And I just pray, God, you don't do it. And if somebody tells you, one of your professors, that the Bible is not the Word of God and, and not your Christian conviction, get up and walk out of that room. Don't go back in there. You don't need to hear that kind of stuff because the devil will try to steal your testimony. God put a hedge of thorns around that boy and let his heart stay right. I want to thank you for it in Jesus' sweet name. Amen. This is Reverend Danny Jackson from the First Faith Baptist Church in Rogan, Louisiana, talking to travelers on the radio. I want to let y'all know that you need to get saved if you're not saved. And if you are saved, you need to go to church. And if you don't go to church, you ought to be shaming yourself.